My dear faithful, today is the feast of all the saints. And I would just like to take this opportunity to welcome those of you who may be here for the first time and those who have recently begun to attend traditional Latin Mass. All are always most welcome to attend our chapel. However, I would like to explain the rules with regards to the reception of Holy Communion. In order to receive Holy Communion, one must be in the state of sanctifying grace. One must be fasting from solid foods and alcoholic beverages for three hours and liquids for one hour. Water, of course, does not break the fast. And one must exclusively attend the traditional Latin Mass. In other words, one cannot attend their local parish where the Mass is held in English, or even if it is held in Latin, such as the Mass of Extraordinary Form, and then receive Holy Communion here. I thank you for your kind attention and cooperation. The epistle for the Mass is taken from the book of the Apocalypse, chapter 7. In those days, behold, I, John, saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the sign of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, nor the sea, nor the trees, till we sign the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them that were signed. A hundred and forty-four thousand were signed of, of every tribe of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah were twelve thousand signed. Of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand signed. Of the tribe of God, twelve thousand signed. Of the tribe of Aser, twelve thousand signed. Of the tribe of Nephtali, twelve thousand signed. Of the tribe of Manassas, 12,000 signed. <clears throat> of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 signed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 signed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 signed. Of the tribe of Zebulon, 12,000 signed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 signed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 signed. After this, I saw a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and in the sight of the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who sitteth upon the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and the ancients and the four living creatures. And they fell down before the throne upon their faces, and adored God, saying, Amen. Benediction and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving, honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Amen. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5. At that time, Jesus, seeing the multitudes, went up into a mountain, and when he was sat down, his disciples came unto him, and opening his mouth, he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall possess the land. Blessed are they that, are, that mourn, for they shall be comforted. 
Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their fill. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they that suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when they shall revile you and persecute you and speak all that is evil against you untruly for my sake. Be glad and rejoice, for your reward is very great in heaven. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, there was once a young mother whose name was Zelie Martin. Zelie lived in the late 19th century in France. When she was 30 years old, she found out that she had a cancerous tumor. And as one author tells us, without ever complaining, without interrupting her without interrupting her fatiguing labors, without omitting any religious or family duties, Mrs. Martin bore valiantly the pain of this tumor for more than 16 years. In fact, during all those years, she did not even let anyone know about it. It was only after the pain had become so great, after 16 years of silent suffering, when she could no longer hide her state from her family, that they called a doctor. At this time, however, the doctors had no means of treating a cancerous tumor. Six months later, Zelie went on a pilgrimage to Lourdes with three of her daughters, seeking a cure from the Blessed Virgin Mary. However, after being submerged submerged in the sacred waters at Lourdes, she was not cured. Even though the rest of the family was sad and despondent at this, Mrs. Martin returned home happily, as if she had obtained the cure she had asked for. Her joyful outlook and patient, and patient acceptance of God's will brought courage and good cheer to the Barton household. <clears throat> the next two months, however, her condition greatly worsened. The months of July and August were marked by intolerable pain for her, where she passed most of her 24 hours on her bed of suffering with no sleep and no real rest. Nevertheless, Zelie did not allow herself to become disturbed by this intense suffering. Knowing that her pains would earn her great grace for heaven, she was able to remain at peace and patiently endure them. I have resigned myself to my fate, It is absolutely necessary that I lose nothing of the little time that remains for me to live. These are the days of salvation that will never return. I wish to profit by them. Despite her condition, she walked to Mass on the first Friday of August. 
At each step, she felt pain in her neck and chest, as if they had been pierced by a dagger. Nevertheless, she serenely walked on, heard the entire Mass, and then walked home. In that same month, Marie, the tutor of the two daughters still living at home, arranged to have an award ceremony for the end of their school year. Despite her great sufferings, Mrs. Martin wished to assist at the ceremony with her husband. A room of the household was decorated with garlands of roses, and Mr. and Mrs. Martin presided as the presidents of the ceremony. Smiling as if in no pain at all, Mrs. Martin helped her husband distribute the prizes to the children, who received these gifts from their parents with such triumphant joy. Only a few weeks later, on August 28, 1877, after years of patient suffering, Mrs. Martin, well fortified with the sacraments, went to her eternal reward. As proof of the great example she gave to her family through the patient endurance of her illness, her five daughters all entered the religious life. And the youngest of these daughters, Therese Martin, became the greatest saint of modern times and is known to us today as the Little Flower. Today, my dear friends, is All Saints Day. Today we celebrate all of those holy souls now reigning in heaven with our Lord and who will reign there in perfect happiness for all eternity. Today we honor those who are known to us because they have been canonized by the church and we honor those who are, un who are unknown and whom we will only know in heaven. And among the millions of saints in heaven, not one of them got there without the cross. For the way of the cross is the way to heaven. Our Lord opened the gates of heaven through the cross, and thus we cannot expect to enter any other way. Sickness, disease, and death, temptations and sorrows, persecution from the devil and our enemies, even the hundreds of daily minor inconveniences, a headache or cold, a mistake in our work, an insult from a friend. In short, we cannot escape suffering in this life. Suffering is, in fact, even necessary, for it is through suffering that we merit heaven. In today's gospel, our Lord says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. By this our Lord means that those who have sorrows in this life will be blessed because they will be rewarded by the comforts of heaven in the next. All the saints that have gone before us, they too had sorrows. They too suffered much upon this earth. But now their joy overflows as they rest for all eternity in the sweet embrace of Jesus and Mary. Therefore, don't be surprised when crosses come. And remember also 
that nothing happens to us save by the will of God and for our greater good. God will not give us more than we can handle. He knows what we need and what is best for us. When, my dear faithful, we are beset by crosses, we have only two options. We either kick against them and make them worse, or we bear them well and become saints. As Zelie Martin realized, it is absolutely necessary that I lose nothing of the little time that remains for me to live. These are the days of salvation that will never return. I wish to profit by them. But how do we profit from our crosses and use them to become saints? Well, we do this as did Zelie, by bearing our trials with patience. Patience, my dear faithful, is the virtue which allows a man to bear sufferings with an equal mind, that is, without being disturbed by sorrow. It is patience, as St. Thomas explains, that helps us to remain at peace, despite the disturbance, the sadness, the frustration which crosses bring. Now, in order to have patience in our trials, we must first have recourse to prayer. Ask God to help you remain at peace when a cross starts to become unbearable. Choose a short, simple prayer, one that you can always have on the tip of your tongue. And when you are surprised by an unexpected cross, or when everything seems to be going wrong all at once, and you feel overwhelmed, say this little prayer. Even repeat it many times, over and over again, until the situation cools down. A perfect prayer in an emergency would be, Lord, help me, or Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, grant me peace. Then if you find yourself having difficulty overcoming the sadness and discouragement, turn your mind to our Lord. Think about something our Lord endured, a suffering that relates to what you are facing and then offer up your pain to comfort him and to make up for those sins that caused him his pain. Do this with a few simple words such as, All for love of thee, my Jesus. If we are afflicted with some bodily suffering, we can relate it to our Lord's scourging or to the great pain he suffered on the rough bed of the cross. If we have mental anguish, see our Lord in his agony in the garden, crushed to the ground by the mere thought of the coldness and indifference of men. If we have sorrow over our loved ones due to concerns for their temporal or spiritual welfare, or due to separation or their loss, think of the meeting of our Lord and his blessed mother on the way to Calvary and of the terrible separation that was soon to take place. Give all these sorrows to the Sacred Heart to comfort him in his sufferings. If we do these things, 
If we have recourse to prayer and think of our Lord whenever we feel the crushing weight of the cross, we will be able to bear our sufferings with patience, just as Zelie Martin bore with great serenity the piercing pains of cancer for 16 years. And if we do this, if we bear all our trials in this valley of tears with patience, we will indeed join all the saints in their heavenly home where sorrows shall be no more. God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.